1: Ladies and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your uncle Silk
2: and your non All American Dan.
1: Non All American Dan, what's going on, man? Living the dream. We're uh, we're man down today. We're man down. We actually record. We usually record on Mondays, but we bumped it up to Sunday because Monday's a holiday and it's also uh, Dapper Dan's birthday. How you feeling, dog? Another year older.
2: Feeling feeling good. Yeah, going to be hit the uh, the big thirty two uh, excited for it. Uh, should be the best year yet. So, uh, this is my shameless plug for, uh, for me, I always raise money every year for the V foundation for cancer research. So if you go to my timeline and go to the, uh, the, uh, the timeline of stadium and Gale, there's a link on there trying to raise money. That money goes directly to the V foundation because it doesn't go to me to donate anything like that. Always looking to raise money for, uh, for the V foundation for my birthday, but yeah, man, excited, super excited. Big 32 ahead.
1: Man, I'm gonna do something for my birthday. I might um start raise awareness to like uh, hair loss or something like that, receding hairlines.
2: Absolutely, same. Balding yeah. men.
1: I'm gonna do that for my birthday. That's gonna be my little thing. <laughs> raise some yeah, awareness.
2: it's uh, it's something that I started doing what, six, seven years ago. We've raised I think eight or nine thousand dollars over that. So big shout out to everybody that uh, that's on the timeline that's participated. My friends, family, all that stuff. So so big shout out to them. Always want to try to give back for the birthday, but uh, but yeah, man, big 32 heading to uh, to Cabo uh San Lucas or in Mexico oh, on Friday
1: nice. for a little nice.
2: celebration there. Uh, but uh, but other than that, man, just uh, just looking forward to another year.
1: What's the best birthday you ever had as an adult? Oh gosh. I only hear about your bicycle when you was six.
2: Twenty-first uh, birthday was apparently a pretty good birthday. Um, apparently apparently <laughs> word on the street. Picture, <laughs> pictures tell the story. Um I don't know. That's a tough question. I not my 30th birthday was awesome. I was actually back yeah, in that my was 30th mine. birthday. Uh, surrounded yeah. by a lot of friends and uh just a, a really cool uh group of people just a really relaxing you know like four or five day weekend or four or five day uh trip when we were out there it's just it's like it's super scenic out there super relaxing the whales were jumping in the air all that kind of fun stuff but it's just to be good to be able to get away for a while i've never been a huge birthday guy so to be able to really celebrate it for the first time was uh was cool with like a big trip to to commensurate that uh, what about you so
1: yeah man um same thing man. my 30th birthday i really don't like usually on my birthday i'm really doing something chill I, I really don't do vacations or anything like that on my birthday um but this this particular year my my boy ricky surprised me and like we we, surpre- we celebrated here in west palm um we was leaving the, the nightclub at like four in the morning he's like yo we're heading down to miami we're gonna be down there for like four days yeah. we had a suite at fountain blue uh Ran okay. into Warren Sapp at a pool party. I gave a chump to him during that party. Got kicked <laughs> out of that party. Um <laughs> it was a wild 30th birthday, man. That was that was that was a great time with like my closest friends, man. So Yeah. That was the one. and that's what I that's
2: what I've that's what I've learned. It's not even about me, it's about my friends getting together. I had a, a group of friends that were uh that we got together on Friday, drank some wine together, just ultimately just hung out for a while at a place right across the street from my house for, I don't know, four or five hours there. Just Group of them just just hanging out. That's what my birthday's about. I'm like I said, I'm not big about me or anything like that. So it's good to get to
1: a group together, kind of like what you're just talking about there. So, all right, man. So happy birthday, man. Uh, you, I appreciate you,
3: appreciate hey, that you,
1: you shared a, you shared a birthday with a, with a great man, man. Happy MLK Day and all that. This show should be dropping on Monday. So happy MLK Day, happy Dapper Dan Day. righty. and if you have a day off, just make sure you listen to
2: this on as many uh, podcast streams as you can. So, did you have a good weekend.
1: I had, a, I had a great weekend, man. A lot of, yeah. a lot of just family shenanigans. Um, kicked it with my son and my nephew a bit, and that was it. And just still, it's still going on, man. But a lot of relaxation and, and just taking it easy, man. Football season was a lot of weekends away. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. we still got uh, some big NFL games tonight. I was
2: uh, actually at the Shrine Bowl yesterday, so I got to see uh, a couple former Gators play with uh, with Hammond Swain and Townsend out there. So that was uh, that's cool. Big shout out to my friend Becca. She uh, she got uh, some free uh, VIP tickets and all that stuff. So free food, drink, ability to watch uh, some college football uh, to end the season. So shout out to her. But, uh, but fun times out there, man. It was, a, uh, it was a good time. Never been to an all-star game, college all-star game like that. So it was cool to see, uh, cool to see that. Because it's was, it was one of those things where you don't really have players to uh, to cheer for or anything else. So you just kind of cheer on for every big play that happens. So it's kind of a cool uh, cool atmosphere.
1: All right. That's what's up, man. Let's get into some gated updates uh, with our guest of the week which is brought to you by Brun Insurance and Financial Services, anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys. Hit my man Greg up, 954-589-2204. Big policies, big coverage. And we're about to do some Gator updates with my man Will Salmon from The Athletic.
0: You have now arrived at Stadium
3: and Gale.
1: And the second time on the show, we have uh, my man Will Salmon from The Athletic. Will, what's going on?
3: Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's been it's been a long time, actually, now that you say second time.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. We, we brought you on. We first uh, kicked the show off to, to hang out with us. Um, this is actually we,
2: his third time on. We had him on for that Brenton Cox
1: episode, too. Oh, very, yeah, very that's good. A good memory very, over there. Yeah, look at him. Look at him. Uh, sharp at the age of 32. that's right so we just got the announcement that kadarius Tony is returning um just want to sit down and chop it up with you about that wide receiver room and, and uh, any red shirt freshmens or freshmen that uh, younger guys in that room will know about and how you see it playing out this fall spring and fall
3: yeah I mean uh, kadarius Tony he doesn't exactly change my outlook on the Florida Gators heading into 2020 but he's a guy that you'd probably rather have on your team than not have on your team just because really at any given time, he does have that opportunity or, you know, that, that chance for an explosive play um, with the ball in his hand. So you want to have those type of guys on your team. I don't think he necessarily gives you an extra win just by his presence or anything like that. Um, But, you know, I mean, he was a reason why Florida was able to beat Miami last year. Um, He had that spectacular play and, Then from from there, he missed some time. But, you know, he's a guy that that adds to the room. Um, Again, that doesn't really change my outlook on Florida. The only guy who really would have changed my outlook would have been Grimes, and obviously he's back. And so for me, he's a guy that I look at as somebody who's, who's going to have a major year. I still expect the offense to run through Kyle Pitts, but Grimes will have much better numbers. And I think Jacob Copeland is due for a major breakout this year. Um, I know it's kind of a trendy pick and it's nothing too earth shattering there. It's not exactly a hot take, but uh, he's, he's ready, man. He, he should be ready at least. Uh, he has a body for it. Um, he's got to be a little bit more consistent with his routes. That's probably been his story that's held him back a little bit. And he had a couple of those uh, plays where he had a couple of drops. And if he if he makes those catches, those are some long games. And suddenly his statistics look a little bit better. Uh, but he's definitely a guy that I think makes those catches in 2020. And as far as like redshirt freshmen go, I mean, they have the three, of course, uh, Weston, Marks, and Whitmore. I think Weston's probably the guy out of the three that I'm probably the highest on based on things that I've heard. Uh, he's a bigger body guy, but also has some speed. So anytime you have a guy like that, that's usually lends itself to some good opportunities and some good things under recruited guy. I think all three of them were pretty under recruited, but him mostly um, very off, off the radar type of guy, but somebody that Billy Gonzalez liked a lot during the recruiting process. And so they held on to him, but yeah, then those three guys for me, it's critical just because you look at the, that, those three guys and you say to yourself, you know, with, with a, coaching staff that prides itself on taking, I don't want to say projects, but these are three-star kids and they're not exactly blue chippers. And so Florida fans want to see at least one or two of these kids pan out um, to kind of say to themselves, okay, the staff knows what it's doing when it comes to evaluating, which it does, but um, you want to have more examples like that. And so I feel like 2020, they're going to need at least one of them I think to step up when you look at all that they lost. Um, I don't think you need all three, but you probably need one of them to step up.
1: How did this uh, Lorenzo Lingard thing play out for a uh, former five-star running back that was uh, enrolled at University of Miami and just transferred to University of Florida?
3: Yeah, I mean, with Lingard, I'm pretty high on him. Um, he has a pretty good background. The coaching staff checked in on him, did their homework on him, knew what they were bringing in. so. You know, if you look at the track record of the staff, they've hit on all these kids. Um, again, I think that law of averages, they're probably going to miss on one of these kids one of these days. But for Lingard, it checks out where I would expect him to to really be a good addition where he continues that good trend for the Gators. Um, just because he presents some things that they really need when you look at the loss of Michael Piron as somebody who really was that triple threat as a running back who could block, catch, and run the ball. I'm not sure how good Lingard is at all of those things, but I know he could run the ball real well. Um, They heard some good things about his catching ability. We'll see. Um, And I I think the world of Damian Pierce, and I think that um, he's flash enough where you should feel good about that position, but we haven't really seen a whole lot of him blocking or catching the ball out of the backfield. So that remains to be seen. And, you know, when you add a guy like Lingard who has that talent, that just makes you feel a lot, a lot better about that room. Um, It's, at the very very least, it adds to some depth because I think that they feel pretty optimistic about his chances to play in 2020 uh, based on his family situation and unfortunately um, with his dad dealing with some with some um, really horrible um, illnesses um, and sicknesses. So it's an unfortunate situation for his family. Um, so I think that. They feel optimistic um, that <clears throat> that he should be able to play in 2020. But, I'll, I'll, of course, they have to file that waiver and it has to be approved.
2: Will, how does this offense potentially change with the loss of, you know, your top four or five receiver? I guess top four receivers and loss of LaMichael Um Most of the offensive line is going to return. Um, obviously, you have some players that have, you know, a number of years of experience but maybe don't have the amount of snap counts they're going to get next year. Do you anticipate a change in Florida's offense at all next
3: year? Yeah, probably. Just because I think if you look at last year's squad and and you say to yourself, well, what was their main strength? It was the wide receivers. And so I don't know if you necessarily look at it the same way in 2020. Um, the receivers I think are still pretty good. Like we were talking about earlier when we were discussing um, Copeland and and Grimes and the opportunity for those guys, along with obviously Kyle Pitts. He's still around. So you know, but the opportunity is there for those guys to to get better numbers or to to improve and and uh, showcase their talent in different ways. So they still, they still got a pretty good group, but it's just not the same team. And so I think when you look at Dan Mullen's history, what he does offensively reflects what who his personnel is. And so if that's changing, then you would just think that the offense is going to change. I don't know exactly how it will change, but I would suspect to be a little bit more balanced, um, assuming the offensive line improves. But you don't know if that's going to improve. You know, I think people expect it to just because they're back and they they played a full year and they seemingly got better as the season went on. But who knows? I mean, I'm not going to go to the bank with um, saying that they are vastly improved um, because you don't know yet. So, and obviously they, they have to get a new center too. And so is that Brett Heggie? Is that somebody else? Again, it's another unanswered question. So that's a kind of a big deal. Um, but I expect it to be a little bit more balanced, just because they they really included some air raid principles. I thought last year, um, and I'm not fully expecting them to do a whole lot of that this year um, or as much. They probably will incorporate some again. And also, you know, the quarterback situation is the biggest deal, of course. I mean, do we see more of Emory Jones? I'd be inclined to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you still line up with Kyle Trask as as your first guy, but I, I expect to see more of Emory Jones than we did last year at the very least.
2: All right, so since we're on that topic, talk to us a little bit about what you expect out of Emory Jones. I know you uh, you know that you can't get off by just expecting uh, that we see a little bit more of him. How do you see that that playing out uh, this spring, and then what do you anticipate Emory Jones' role being next fall?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that um, just, again, based on Dan Wallen's history, he's going to want to put it out there that it's a QB competition, I feel like. And I I don't know how much of one will exist or not, um, but there are some people in that program who really like Emory Jones. And you know, when Felipe Franks was making his decision to to transfer, um, you know, the question became, well, what happens with Emory Jones now, and where is his head at? And I had a few people tell me that it would be silly for him, obviously, to, lo- to to leave. Of course, just because it he would probably have to sit out, and so you're. Kind of just wasting your time, regardless. Learning a whole new system after being here for so long. But the other point that people made was, you know, he's going to get the opportunity to make a push. Um, I don't know how legitimate that opportunity is because of the season that Kyle Trask had. But um, you know, if 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 it's my team, I I expect him to to push for it and to make it a legitimate competition in some ways. Um, I would still expect Kyle Trask, if I'm placing a bet on it, to take that first snap. But as the season goes on. I'd be probably surprised if Emory Jones doesn't make um, a more of a push and we see, I don't want to say 50, 50 with it, but a lot more snaps for Emory Jones than we did last year. I think last year was more of just a, a trial and error. See what, see what they had with it. Um, use Emory Jones for more of a um, different pace as far as the running game goes, because it was non-existent. So you needed part of that too. Um, here I you know, with a full season or full off season for Dan Mullen to kind of tinker with it as well and to kind of decide for himself how much he wants to use Emory Jones. Um, that, that also, for me at least, lends lends the idea that he'll be used a lot more. Uh, just he's such a he's such a weapon, and I feel like his passing got better. Small sample sizes, so it was really hard to tell, but he looked a lot more comfortable. Um, he was throwing a little bit more with some accuracy. Uh, again, small sample sizes, but I like what I saw toward the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people did. I think, like, it's just – we all expect Emory to play a lot more in, in, um, in the fall, and I think you'll see Dan Muller try to introduce the fan base to it in the spring game. I think he'll try to showcase him a little bit. It's just my opinion, and just watching how Dan works. But the real competition, in my opinion, is going to be I in would the I totally secondary. agree. Yeah. The real competition, in my opinion, is going to be in the uh, in the secondary. Uh, and I got Kyrie Elon, and Marco possibly starting on the outside, so... I think the nickel position with uh, Trey Dean, uh, Bro, and some other guys is gonna be the position to watch. How do you think Dean finds a spot in the secondary if, if if he does?
3: Yeah, I think the if it, if it's me, I, I'm putting Amari Bernie at star, and um like like you said, I have I would have Kyrie Elam and Marco Wilson as the corners. Um, just because I mean, Dean obviously he he couldn't handle the nickel position. That was clear. Um, was not a great fit for it. I thought it was a great great idea on paper heading into the season. I was one of those people who thought, wow, this is going to work out. This is going to be excellent. I was really high on the high on that personnel move. It just didn't work out. Um, and then they moved him to corner. And, you know, in 2018, he he played okay. I mean, he was forced into action at corner. But he didn't exactly light the world on fire there either. And if you kind of compare him to Kyrie Elam's, uh, freshman season in twenty nineteen, it, it's just no it's no comparison, obviously with Kyrie Elam having having fared much better. So for me, the corners are to me, I don't think it's much of a debate with, with uh Marco Wilson and, and Kyrie Elam there. And like you said, it comes down to who plays that nickel position. And and for me, I think it's Amari Bernie with Chester Kimber behind him. And I think you have Dean maybe as like your third corner, which, you know, if that's your third corner, you're probably in decent shape just because the guy was starting for you the last two years at different positions, but he was still pretty much starting every game for you. Um, and then behind him, of course, you have guys like Jaden Hill and maybe even Kimber over there, uh, plus a group of freshmen that they're bringing in who are pretty good. So they're, they're, I feel like they're, they're okay in the secondary. Um, safeties, again, will probably dictate how good they can be. But I, I yes. would expect um, Amari Burney at that star position and then that linebacker. You probably have Ventrell Miller and James Houston who enter years where, in my opinion, it's kind of make or break for them. And whether or not they they will ever get to that next level in their developments.
1: We had uh, Greg uh, Fry Frey. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce that the, the exact way. Um, leave and also Zampezi leave from off the field positions. Do, have you heard any names to replace those guys, or any smoke about any guys joining the off the field staff?
3: um also chuck heater left to be a dc so they lost um yeah. all three of those guys who they brought in as as um off the field analyst, and they kind of give people an idea you know those guys are pretty valuable but i think that those guys were valuable because of who they were more so than what they were doing because all those guys had been longtime on field position coaches in the past with um obviously ken being a former nfl guy chuck heater everybody knows about and then uh Greg being a former offensive line coach, and so those guys just uh, cut up film for the most part. And you know, if it was say Chuck Heater on defense, um, he'd be giving like an overview of what that what, what that defense that they're going against in two weeks is doing, so that they ha- so that they could get a head start on it. And so it was pretty invaluable to have a guy like that um, to, to kind of present to Brian Johnson, Dan Mullen, uh, and the offensive staff of Hey, this is what's going on here defensively. This is what I'm seeing. You can't really replace that too much, but um, I would expect them all to fill it out in some way. These positions are, they, they kind of trickle out after the coaching carousel ends just because they pre I don't want to say they go to guys who didn't get scooped up anywhere, um, but they go to guys who may have had some like, you know, a head coach come in late and flip the staff around and they may have been like the odd man out at some places. Um, and so it lends itself to some, some interesting candidates. I don't know of any yet, uh, just because I feel like those positions were filled later on um, toward the early portion of the spring, even. And so that may be a time when we see some names kind of circulate just because things sort of flatten out as far as the coaching carousel goes in both the NFL and college games
2: and then well you mentioned that uh you know florida has and this is going back a question or two that florida has a you know group of 15 pretty talented freshmen coming on um and i guess transfers as well and in, in pouncey and lingard um who do you anticipate uh out of that group of 15 um may get some early playing time next season or who are you most excited to see
3: yeah i like um a couple of the kids who kind of went a little bit under the radar like that kid that safety Torrens. i like him a lot man he um based on a couple of coaches that I spoke to, he probably had one of the better camps they've seen in, you know, a year or so, um, on the recruiting trail, just what he was able to do in front of them. They really liked him. Um, that safety position, uh, losing, uh, of course, Taylor, but beyond that, there's, there's some, there's some, I guess, um, roles to be had, um, not maybe not fully in 2020, but definitely by 2021, he's a guy like, um, Treves John, uh, Johnson is another guy who I, I like a lot. I uh, wrote about him a couple months back. Um, I think when he when he committed to Florida, he was the um, worst ranked player in the SEC that was currently committed to a team. Uh, that has since changed as as more information has been known about him. And I think that will continue to change. I think he, he has a pretty bright future who could probably play nickel. Um, again, maybe not in 2020, but uh, a year or so afterward. And uh, I like Henderson a lot, obviously, uh, at wide receiver. He's a kid who I saw play in uh, Daytona during the state championship. And that kid, I I don't want to say single-handedly won that game because their running back, uh, Parrish, also had a nice, solid game. But, man, the the kind of plays that this kid made in that game, just they don't win this game without him. Um, He just moved the field on on their last drive. It was a game where they actually had to come from behind. And on his last drive, I think he went, I think you could probably attribute maybe sixty of the eighty yards to him, um, and they were on him. It wasn't just you know the quarterback throwing it up and whatever. It was him breaking tackles. It was him getting open before before the ball was thrown his way. So uh, he's he's really good, and so I expect him to. Um, I, mean, I mean, we talked about the redshirt freshman. He's a guy who may climb the ladder um, and, and get on the field before before they are even on a consistent sort of roll.
1: Well, will
2: we appreciate you uh, you coming on, I man? It's always good to to read your stuff. I mean, you you really get a, a different angle, and we really appreciate that. Uh, remind everybody if they're not following you already, where they can uh, where they can read your uh, read your articles or, or listen to you, um, and uh, and where they can follow you on uh, on social media.
3: Sure, thanks for having me, guys. Um, love the stuff that you guys are doing um, on a consistent basis too. I may add. Uh, it's been fun to follow, but um, I'm on Twitter at Will Salmon, W-I-L-L-S-A-M-M-O-N. Uh, you can find all of our Florida articles on The Athletic, dot com. If anybody's interested, I'm always down to help with um, discounted subscriptions and whatnot, so feel free to hit me up there. But again, thanks for having me on, guys. You guys do an excellent job, always entertaining, always fun to hear, and always informative, too. Oh, likewise,
1: man. appreciate your work. Love your work, dog. Uh, keep keep doing your thing, man.
3: You out to a it, little guys. bit. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon, Will. All right. Thanks, guys.
2: You caught him off guard with that one, you know?
1: Yeah. He thought he was like, man, I thought this was Steve Miguel, and that Big Three Roll Up. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I don't Will's know what's do good with my guy, hands.
2: <laughs> Will's a good guy, man. He's a uh, a, a huge uh add to the uh, to the beat so i uh, really appreciate will coming on
1: yeah man um always good some dope information some good content um yeah. my man Tibo got married mm. heard about that i
2: did I, I guess
1: uh it's beautiful south
2: africa uh dan mullen was out there i'm sure a number of players were out there um got married to miss universe so you know congratulations to our uh, our boy
1: so uh shout out to the goat congrats man on getting some cheeks bro the goat slapped some cheeks last night fellas for the first time ever i'm sure yeah i'm pretty sure bro i'm gonna take yeah. his word for it
2: yeah big shout out to
1: him uh that's that's
2: huge An awesome guy i uh, you know he's excited to come back and he's got he's got a speaking engagement here in tampa i know in a couple of weeks as well so uh hopefully you enjoy your honeymoon then it's back at it with uh with baseball season and speaking and all that stuff and i do not it's I don't know how he has time his day to do it, but uh,
1: congratulations to the uh, to the goat man. It's the goat man. He always got time. You know what I'm saying that's what, super, that's what superheroes do. That's Speaking correct. of quarterbacks, uh, Felipe Franks took an official visit to Arkansas this weekend. Yeah, um,
2: I I don't know. It's it's not a place that uh, that I thought that he would uh, look at. Uh, you know, new coaching staff coming over there with Sam Pittman from Georgia. Uh, but probably certainly an opportunity to get in there and, you know, get snaps early. They just weren't a good football team last year, and I don't anticipate them, pardon me, being a good football team this year. Uh, so I'm very curious to see how he does uh, with a team that, you know, does not have anywhere near the talent that Florida has.
1: Yeah, I like I like it as a fit if he's going to go play on the Browse, just because I know Browse is not going to give him a whole lot of reads. It's going to be uh get the ball out fast we've seen what they do at Florida State a lot of tempo stuff I think he put up some good stats on the Browns but you're right I think they're gonna I don't expect him to win a lot of football games or or, or have some prolific offense but I expect him to put up some good stats to get drafted
2: yeah and I mean I think that that's all he needs to do I just I, I wonder about a lack of talent uh a back a lack of an ability to protect him because they've got a uh They've got a decently tough schedule. Obviously, they're in the SEC West. They're out of conference schedule. It isn't too hard, although they do have to play Notre Dame. So, um, But, again, you have LSU, Alabama, um, you know, Texas That's A&M. That's man. We'll see. Yeah.
1: We'll That's see. Kittman's, so That's Pittman's calling card, man. But I wish um, luck to the kid. You know what I'm saying? I'm following absolutely. him. Absolutely. I'm an honorary Razorback now, man. So, it, Well, we'll see. He says he's going to roll by Tuesday, wherever he's deciding. So I expect it to be Arkansas if it's down to Arkansas and Kansas. Hmm. Much better in Arkansas, yes.
2: Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, best of luck to him. Um, you know, I think that he's going to do well there. I don't know if any of the other players that announced that they were transferring have really announced their landing spots either from a quarterback position. I know Derek King is, is still uh, out there now that Miami thought that they were going to grab him. This is as of Sunday at. 240 um so i know felipe franks at one point was looking at miami too uh so i'm um, you know I, I guess the options are, are slim and you might as well get in there and get started and, and arkansas is not a bad program and hopefully he's uh, able to do well there and make it off to the nfl so
1: i mean out of those options because from what i was told that he has um some difficulties getting into certain programs i think he kind of slacked off in the classroom Okay, a, a little bit towards the end. So it is, he's a, he has a limitations on on mm. schools he can get into. So other okay. schools he's taking visit visits to, and that's interested in him. I think Arkansas is probably the best fit. Kansas is shambles. Um, yeah, I mean he probably get drafted out there, put up decent stats mm-hmm. and whatnot. But you talking about Miami, Arkansas, Kansas? Mm-hmm. I, I take Arkansas seven days a week. Well, what I would imagine is Arkansas is going to
2: give up a lot of points. They just don't have a very good defense, and they're going to play some tough teams. So they will probably be playing from behind quite a bit. So they'll probably be throwing the ball. So um, you know, Kansas is Kansas films. Yeah,
1: film. he yeah. just need film and stats. Uh, right. the, the Aaron Hernandez documentary dropped on Netflix. Have mm-hmm. you gave it a look? Check I did. I watched
2: about uh, watched about half of it. And that's about as far as I could get uh, through it. We were talking a little bit before the show, but I'll reiterate the same thoughts. It, I. I understand that they're going off the information and the people that they have available to talk to um but it just seemed to me like they let people that should not narrate the story narrate the story i think that there are some minor players in his life that took on major roles in the documentary Uh, i don't feel like we really learned anything new uh, other than some minor like i said characters i think exaggerating some of uh the parts of his personal life and everything else so uh that's kind of my personal opinion of it i don't want to call it shoddy journalism or anything else it just didn't seem uh like they they were able to get the people that they wanted so the story wasn't quite uh quite what we thought it would be
1: yeah i haven't really gotten into it i don't know if i'm gonna watch it um i gotta just be in the mental space to take that energy in you you know what i'm saying uh regardless of of my opinion on it i want to watch it eventually but I got to be in that type of mood. I still haven't watched the um, the documentary of the, the boys in New York that got fought, uh, wrongly accused. I'm forgetting the name of it off the top of my head. But just certain things. a thing, just, Park 5? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Just because, like I said, I got to be in a certain mood to watch that type of stuff. Uh, so yeah. I haven't. But my wife had. My wife was okay. watching it. So I was walking through the house as it was on. And it got to this part where I heard overheard them just like kind of just joking about his sexuality. That's what got weird to me. I was like, what is this about? Like the people that was on the documentary were saying jokes about tight ends and wide receivers and, and him being mm-hmm. homosexual. And it just mm-hmm. got kind of weird. Cause I'm like, okay, what like if he struggled with his sexuality, he was trying to figure that out. What does that have to do with anybody being murdered or right. the, the bad things that he did? Like why is his sexuality was the base of most of the things. Just me walking through the house of me hearing was just mm-hmm. it was heavy sexuality about who he slept with i don't think nobody's plotting murders for to hide anything like that yeah no there's obviously a
2: lot of other things that happened in his life you know i know his dad uh you know his dad died um you know under you know very unfortunate circumstances he went in for for hernia repair and um you know ended up you know dying during surgery so i would imagine dealing with that dealing you know a guy that needed a lot of structure a guy that Obviously, he had some people around him that uh, probably took advantage of him. Um, you know, he made some poor decisions. He probably wasn't as guarded and monitored as he should have been. And then, obviously, going back to New England and, and being able to reconnect with every you know everybody that he knew before. Um, you know, now with a boatload of money, probably didn't put him in the best situation. At the end of the day, I don't I don't think that his sexuality or anything that he did in high school with their third string quarterback uh, has anything <laughs> to do with um, you know with what happened. And it's you know it's a terrible, and unfortunate circumstance. Uh, but it just seemed to me. Like they didn't really tell any part of the new story of Aaron Hernandez or anything else. It seemed like a like I said, just I guess kind of shoddy journalism in terms of putting it out there. Is is, is this is the full story? Because that's how they were describing, uh, you know, what the documentary would be. And if you read, you know, James Patterson's book, All American Killer, I believe is what it was called. That came out what a year, year and a half ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously all of the stories and everything else, you kind of knew everything except for the fact that, you know, now you have a, a player on his team that said that they were gay together and, you know, is now basically saying that that's the reason, you know, he was so messed up in the head is because he was ashamed of it. So I just I I just took issue with some of the doc- documentary. I'll Especially
1: watch. in the documentary when they're saying that he was molested as a kid. And then, like, there's, like, jokes and pun about his sexuality. Yeah. The energy of that was, I was just like, bro, I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to watch this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, eventually I'll check it, though.
2: Yeah, it was it was uh it was very average at best. I don't even think that the filmmaking was all that great, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And if you uh you want to see some old B roll footage of the University of Florida, one of my favorite parts about it all is they talked about how Aaron Hernandez, you know, um got in a fight with the bouncer at Swamp, you know, when he was a freshman and and uh and sucker punched him. They showed uh they talked about the Swamp restaurant and then they had this B roll footage of like this nightclub and bumping and grinding and you know, pouring shots and like a dark nightclub as like what they thought the swamp was like. I'm like that's not at all what the swamp is like, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it just, as somebody that went to the swamp, obviously a lot in college and then, uh, you know, out of college now, it's just, it's just funny how they, they, Betrayal. and not, it's such a small minor part of what happened, but it's just not what that was at all. And that's what I mean. It just like, it just seemed lazy and just kind of poorly put together, I guess.
1: Yeah. I just want to see shovel passes. Give me the clips of the shovel passes in the documentary and I'm going to watch those uh-huh. about that. Oh, they yeah, did have, some have Chris
2: Steele, They 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 did sure. once they did have. Uh, they were showing like some just B roll footage of like the Florida Gators football team, and they had uh, Chris Steele getting bodied, in uh, they uh, those by one the ones I heard. From, yeah by Grimes. So, uh, so that was a funny, uh, funny piece of it. They talked about the jump passes and, and everything else, and uh, you're just reminded, you know, when I was in school and Aaron Hernandez was there, um, you know, just reminded how athletic and how good he was as a as a player, and how just unfortunate the series of events that happened afterwards were. So.
1: Did you feel safe around Aaron? How about, let me ask that question. I, d- I did.
2: Yeah, yeah. I never, um, yeah, you know, he was always, you know, when I worked for the football team, he was a guy that always, you know, would laugh and smile. And I mean, our interactions were, were somewhat limited. I mean, you know, definitely probably at least a couple dozen times where we, you know, got together and I was friends with some people that he was closer with. And, and I never felt that or, you know, any had any inclination. that you know, He was that kind of guy. He was, um, so he's like, I say, smiled a lot. He was more shy uh, than I thought he would be. A lot of a lot of football players actually were more shy than I thought that it would be. But no, I I really had great interactions, um, you know, with him. I say that all by saying, obviously we know what what ended up happening to him. But um, you know, in all my interactions, he was a, you know, a nice guy. So he yeah. never felt unsafe.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, man. People go through stuff, man. You know, he did some bad things, but. Yep. Some people come out and say good things about them. Some people say, and there's a lot of bad things that, that mm-hmm. happen. But it's a lot of information that we just don't know. And um, right. but that documentary was, was was some shaky work from yeah. the clips that I seen, the small clips that I seen. But mm-hmm. let's move forward, man. Let's yeah. get to some recruiting talk before we get into recruiting, man. Hit us with the Georgia P. Can read. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: uh- Give our friends uh, over at South Georgia Pecan a call, 800-732-2646. I know uh, I talked to them a couple weeks ago, and and they really are appreciative of all the the, um, orders that you guys have gone through them, whether you're looking for pecans, walnuts, cashews, pistachios, uh, you know the candied, uh, you know those those chocolate covered uh, walnuts that we uh, really like, chocolate covered pecans, all that stuff. They do stuff that's outside of that as well. So really, anything that you need from a gift package or anything else that you're looking for, give them a call eight hundred seven three two two six four six, and then you can go to their website at GeorgiaPecan dot
1: com. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. I don't know how we're gonna do this segment without Ammar Black today.
2: Uh, I'll do my best to fill in for his uh, his deep knowledge of uh, Florida football recruiting.
1: <laughs> so with the Zach Evans uh, saga continues, five-star running back out of Houston, Texas, that signed the letter of intent to Georgia. Uh, he went on an official visit to Ole Miss this weekend.
2: Yeah, and um, Texas A&M is there's another school that, you know, Being from Houston, Texas, a lot of people have recently connected him to the Texas A&M program. Uh, They just took their, I believe, their third running back commit of this class. So, um, if they were, they waved the flag. yeah, so if they were to add Zach Evans, that would obviously be a fourth. That seems like way too many. Uh, and obviously Zach Evans is a guy that you would take over all of those other guys. Uh, visiting Ole Miss, to me, sounds like a guy that's just trying to look at all available options. Uh, playing for Lane Kiffin probably wouldn't be too bad. But I know Florida is you know, definitely kicking the tires, and apparently he's kicking the tires on Florida. And we're trying to you know, lock in a uh, an official visit date. And, and they're saying, what, the 31st, if, if it does happen?
1: That's what they're trying to get a man on, the 31st.
2: And, and obviously, he would be an unbelievable upgrade, uh, you know, for, from what Florida's, you know, prospects, you know, look like right now uh, in the running back uh, room. Um, Five star guy, really talented player. Um, you know, it's it's our understanding that maybe some of the off field stuff or some of the character concerns that you know some folks have about him might be a little exaggerated, uh, but he's an unbelievable talent. So hopefully, Florida can get him in, uh, and that would uh, that would definitely change the uh, the prospects of what that running book, uh, running back room looks like uh, moving forward, though.
1: Yeah, there is some smoke about it. and I don't like to insinuate when I don't know exactly what the off-the-field of shenanigans is. I do I did heard that he got into altercation with one of his coaches. Um which 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 punches were thrown. I'm not 100% okay. against that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, talk, yeah, I don't we, think we, it's right. We had a
2: player but, do that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's if that's the baggage, then I'm I'm found that baggage. Um It's not exactly peaches and cream, but, I mean, this is football, bro. Uh, Emotions get high, testosterone's flowing, things happen. But if that's the baggage, I'll take that uh, nine days out of ten, man. We'll see exactly if anything else pops up. But he was committed to Georgia. And when did Georgia start becoming this uh, team that don't take kids with baggage and and off-the-field issues?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I'm curious to see exactly what happened there and and how things – You know, did soil again. He did sign his NLI uh, with them, you know, back, uh, you know, in December. So I don't even know how exactly the recruiting process works like just because the policy has changed. And so maybe, you know, a little bit more about this now since, you know, the time that I was, you know, working on on staff there is I thought if he signed an L on an L nli pardon me that you couldn't be contacted by other schools and so i don't know if georgia waiving that means that it's completely you know fair game and and feel free any of you that are listening to it to slide
1: into a a
2: twitter mention but i thought if he signed that that he wasn't able to get at it but i don't i don't know exactly no they
1: they released him from it if they release you from your uh your loi uh pretty much you're free game but you can't sign another one you just pretty much enroll where you're going okay Yeah. Gotcha. So you just sign the scholarship paperwork and then you just
2: move forward from there.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. OK. It won't be any more faxing or any decisions like that. He can commit to a school, but I mean, until he enroll, nothing's solid. That's how it works now. We can stay on the running back path while we're on it. Um, Jameer Gibbs canceled a couple of visits uh, to LSU and OSU. So it sounded like it's down to us in Georgia Tech.
2: Do you know did he give a reason why or is it just an announcement? I mean I saw that he canceled the Ohio State one a few days ago and then LSU but no real reason.
1: Um uh, LSU's I... reason was because they was at the White House celebrating or something oh, like okay. that. Yeah. So that 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 one got canceled for that reason. I think OSU was going to be the weekend after us, so it would have okay. been the 30 31st. Okay. I don't I don't know the, the the reason behind that being canceled, but sounds like it's down to us in Georgia Tech if I had to pick somewhere today. I would say Georgia Tech. We'll see if we can change that.
2: Yeah, I'd agree as well. Um, you know, part of that might depend on where they uh, stand with uh, with Evans. But uh, you know, Georgia Tech was a program that offered him early. Uh, he might have even been their first offer. Um, I know him and Jeff Collins are tied, and I think Kerry Dixon, you know, former Florida Gator wide receiver coach, is on that recruitment as well. So I know that they're really close and really tight. Uh, so I would love to see a guy like Gibbs come in. Uh, super talented, uber talented player. Um, but, uh, you know, like you said, Silk, I, I think that Georgia Tech is really the team to beat. And I don't necessarily even think it's all that close right now. You know, Florida can potentially make up ground. But, you know, I'm going to put it at maybe 80-20 Georgia Tech to Florida right now.
1: Yeah, I, I like those odds right there. Like I said, we'll see. But if you if you land one of the two out uh, of Zach Evans and, and Jameer Gibbs, you, you got your elite running back. And you can't be mad at the running back class at all, especially with Adam Leagert. so So. I think we need to find a way to add one of those two, man. Uh, I think our better shot right now is Zach Evans, and he don't even have a business yep. set up. So that's is how I feel about it. Yeah, fingers crossed
2: here. Uh, and then we've got, what, four-star defensive end, Uh princely All right, I'm going to try this again. Uman Melian. I think that that's right. Uh, I'm excited to see what Mick Hubert's uh, you know calls him, but he's going to be visiting on the 24th. I'm trying to figure uh, he... out
1: what I'm going to call him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we uh, – we, you know, he was really, uh, you know, tied in with Baylor. Uh, and then Matt Rule left to become the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So with him leaving, I know that a lot of the crystal balls that are coming in on 247 have him as undecided. So uh, with, you know, the Florida Gators needing that strong side defensive end player uh, coming in, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Florida stands a good shot if you can pull it from Texas.
1: Yeah, that was just uh complete elite hall. Um, that would be just a a, a dope room, a, a very good room of, of pass rushes and, and guys up front. Um, I want to land that kid. It'd be a great boost side recruiting class as well. And you and there's some big dogs out there, man. I, and I like our shots with them. We'll see what's up. Uh, Baylor yeah, was man. a big dog in it. They hired yep uh, LSU's defensive coordinator, but it's still um, mm-hmm. still looking like it's us to beat right now.
2: I'm here for it. I know he's also looking at uh, uh, Alabama and Auburn uh, for that potential final visit, uh, you know. But Ford has been involved in his recruitment for a long time, so that would be an awesome guy to uh, to be able to kind of grab in on that uh, that 24th visit um,
1: as well. So, and hey, my man Avante Williams, four-star safety out of the land, visited Miami this weekend. He visits, visits us next next weekend. Uh, I still got us as the favorite. I see us landing him unless like, something very weird and shaky. Ah uh, yep. goes down. Uh, it's gonna come down to relationships and I think we got rat and he's one of the rat pack kids. So I see us uh landing him just off of Lorenzo Lingert, who is his yep. cousin slash play cousin. We don't know we're not sure yet. And um key one <laughs> Ratliff, who's on our secondary yep. staff.
2: Yeah, Avante Williams is a hell of a player, too. I'm not you know, sure how many people have watched his tape yet but just because he was committed to Oregon for so long. But, uh, you know, he's a, an awesome, uh, really good player, would really add some additional depth to that safety room, which does seem to be changing quite a bit. You know, with the addition of, you know, a player like Torrance and, and some of these other guys at Florida have coming on board. So uh, excited about, you know, the potential prospects of him. I think he's the number two safety in the country right now. So uh, getting a guy like him, you know, helps flip a room that did have a lot of question marks, uh, as well. Uh, so I know that we also talked about last week, Ashad Clayton, uh, coming in here, four star, he is, uh, teammates with Van Pran. Who's that offensive lineman that's coming in. I think that same weekend that used to be committed to Georgia. Uh, so he's a four star guy currently committed to Colorado. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I would imagine that he's going to sit behind Gibbs, uh, Evans, um, and maybe, you know, another player or two on that, uh, that running back, uh, list, but he might be a guy that Florida taps, you know, a couple days before national signing day with, uh, you know, that committable offer and, and ready to bring him on board.
1: Yeah. A shot, Clayton getting him. If you don't get Evans or Gibbs, uh, it's definitely a drop-off all four stars aren't created equal. Um, they're all three, four stars, but there's a definitely drop-off between those two, but uh, I don't think with the rest of the recruiting class of West playing out, anybody's going to bicker and complain too much about the running back room. Uh, we added Lorenzo Linger. But if we want somebody to this class, it's, it's, it's at Gibbs and Evans. Yeah,
2: and I was just I was just looking at two four seven. It looks like a couple crystal balls have come in for Henry Parrish, who's that running back out of uh,
1: out of Florida to uh, to
2: go to Ole Miss potentially. So you know, if he goes to Ole Miss, you know, are they worried about the potential chances of getting a guy like Zach Evans? So you know, again, signs are pointing to uh, to Florida sitting okay for uh, for Evans, but uh, you know, with Henry Parrish potentially taking that spot, um, you know, flo- you know, Ole Miss might be
1: might be uh, ready to write that that one off as well. Yes, and another uh, big one from, from me at least uh, in this class that's left is D Beckwith, three star yep. athlete out of Florence, Alabama. Uh, play some quarterback. We're recruiting him at, uh, also play some receiver, tight end. We're recruiting him at the uh, Kyle Pitts position. Yep. Uh, basketball kid, could go up and get the ball, high pointed well. Uh, he's a little raw, ta- raw football wise, but it's a lot of talent there. And I'm hoping we can land this kid. He visits us the 24th. But then he visits Tennessee the 31st. Uh, he has a relative that has a preferred walk-on offer at Tennessee. Okay. That's uh, a possible shake-up for us. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I don't want to get into offering preferred walk-ons to people to get kids anymore. We've done Man, that in we the past. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're on a different level now. I think we should be able to pluck this kid. I want to see us beat, beat him out just straight up and not offering uh, handouts. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, Florida stands a, a good chance with him. I know that, you know, Florida's been recruiting him for a long time. You know, how aggressively that's been at times, I think it's been a little bit of an up and down. Uh, you know, but he's a he's a better prospect, in my opinion, uh, than the three-star, you know, ranking that he has. Uh, he is talented. He's tall. He can go up. Uh, you know, but he he's just a – he's a – Really solid overall player has played some really good talent there in Florence, Alabama as well. Uh, so getting a guy like him, you know, allows for and we've talked about on this show that kind of that continued continuity of those same players, where you don't have to change your offense every you know few years. If you lose a guy like Pitts, you have that next guy, uh, you know, that can that can step up into that role with a guy like you know deep Beckwith with or that uh, the tight end from uh, Lakeland we got a few years ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um. I'm, I'm trying to and think and then Cedric Van
2: pren yeah i mean he's you know, big, is it, correct yeah the 31st you know four-star guy we talked about him a little bit with a shot clayton you know still committed to georgia uh did not sign his uh nli or his loi or whatever on uh early signing day so he is visiting florida um, I think he visited Alabama this weekend, uh, is potentially my understanding. So, uh, you know, Ford is recruiting him hard. Uh, they would love to give a guy like him in and, and shout out to, uh, to John Hevesy, uh, for, uh, for being able to hopefully reel that one in for the 31st. So, uh, really good player, really solid, um, uh, guy, number three offensive center, uh, you know, in the, uh, in our just center, I guess in the, uh, in the country. So, you know, adding a guy like him would be, would be outstanding for Florida.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, we had the Polynesian bowl last night. Were you able to check that out? I wasn't. I was not. Yeah, Talk to me on, a little bit about it. I, I, well, I definitely didn't check it out. It came it's West Coast time. It came on in the middle <laughs> of the night. Um I, I didn't catch it at all. But there was some shenanigans that the old went ball down. Coach. I think
2: the head coach of uh, the team that actually won. So
1: yeah, shout that's out all to he him. do is win, bro. That's win right. I wonder win. if he's
2: gonna make himself a, a ring like he did for the uh the AAF.
1: I'm not against it. I'm not against it either.
2: Speaking of that, before we get into this real quick, I saw that Antonio Callaway just signed with the uh, the Tampa team of the XFL. So hopefully he's able to get his head on straight, you know, do well there and then make it back to the NFL. He's a great talent. He just needs to kind of get out of his own way. So shout out to Antonio Callaway.
1: Yeah, I think we, he's just kind of waiting, on to see what the verdict is with his suspension. And then he probably can go from there. But he's, yep. he's got to keep making checks and, and, and paying the bill. So, yep.
2: Sorry, go go on about the Polynesian Bowl. My apologies for interrupting. Oh no,
1: all good, all good. Uh, Polynesian Bowl went down last night, and um, amongst the, the the shenanigans in the game, uh, before the game got kicked off, Steve Wilfong, two four seven, um, the goat over there, one of the main writers, had reported on Gator site that Leonard Manuel was sent home. Apparently, uh, he never stated the reason. Said so him and another kid mm-hmm. was sent home. Uh so as the game um played, I was in DMs just talking to a few guys and it was like, bro, I'm listening I'm-, I'm watching Leonard Manuels IG live. He's at the game right now. Like he's about to go on the mm-hmm. field. So I-, I got a little confused. I just kind of watched on the message boards, uh it play out a little bit and then I woke back up this morning and apparently the kid played the game. Um uh, he stayed out there. I don't know exactly what happened. Will phone then reported this morning that uh the information he received about an altercation that went down did go down. But the kid didn't end up getting sent home, but so that something happened. But the kid wasn't mm-hmm. sent home. Um, I'm not mad at Wilfong for reporting mm-hmm. the information he got from the Polynesian Bowl. I was trying to get him on the show. Uh, <laughs> he he was kind of iffy about it and didn't really hit me back. So uh, I don't know if you think I was about to put him on the fire a little bit, but it wasn't. That wasn't the vibes. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think he reported what he was mm-hmm. told. He's a solid reporter. He's usually good with his his reporting and, and the facts. Um, his ranking of Leonard manuals is, is another story, but what went down? I'm not, yeah. I know how that went down. What's your vibe? What, what, what's your feeling on that?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of caught up on it this morning, early afternoon. I didn't totally know much about what was going on. I know some people, um, Connor was the, probably the first one that kind of caught my attention on, on what was going on. Uh, you know, I think, you know, looking at what Will Funk said was that he got sent home um, I'm not sure if changing that word to he didn't practice on Thursday and Friday, uh, you know, is the same equivalent of getting sent home, getting sent back to the hospital or sent back to the hotel. Pardon me. Uh, I would imagine that these guys have flights booked uh, for them, especially to fly out to Hawaii. So I don't imagine that the Polynesian bull is going to absorb extra charges to actually send somebody home early from Hawaii. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think with Leonard Manuel, um, you know, even though he was able to play in the game, uh, you know, getting doing something to get you kicked out of practice for, for a couple days at an all star game and you're only there for for a week or so is is alarming. There's a lot of there's definitely a lot of yellow flags around, you know, Leonard Manuel, whether it was grades, whether it was,
1: you know, changing yeah, schools, it's good whether color. Attitude it's attitude problems. Color to put on. And,
2: yeah, like I'm not I'm not willing. I like to say that color. That, Thank you. I mean, just it's, it's not one of those things that I'm like ready to say, Hey, let's, you know, completely write them off. But you just, you just start to have question marks where, you know, things start to follow certain people to a point where it's like, I just don't know if this is worth it in the long run. Right. Like normally when stuff like this happens, it's not, you you don't get the result that you seek out of that player. Right. Every once in a while, that player's going to come on campus completely change, you know, buckle down and, and get in gear and, you know, perform really well for you. But I, I, I've seen this, you know, the story time and time again over the last, what, 15 years that I've been following recruiting is that, you know, when people kind of have these, these kind of same situa- situations happening over and over and it's not just a one-time thing or it's not just in one area, that it's sometimes it's just not worth the flyer on them and, and you know, the headache is not worth the uh, – the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, if you will.
1: Correct, Damando. Um... To be honest with you, just from speaking to everybody that's at the hand and people around the program, they are saying that they haven't had any issues with him. He's been a model student down there, man. So it's a little shocking to see there was maybe some smoke of him getting Very in trouble. Um, but from what I was told, like he's been on like his books, making sure he's getting his grades done. He's been staying out of trouble. Um, I don't know what happened. It could have been him and the other kid got in a scrap doing, you know, practice. Who knows, man? It could, man. Um, sure. Yeah, there's nothing solid out there. It's like like Dan said, yellow flags. Yeah,
2: and, and shout-out to Will Fong, too. I mean, I would imagine that he's not there. No, I mean, I shot him out at me, but I understand where he's coming from. You know, he, he's going to rely on what people told him. And, you know, like I said, sometimes it's a misinterpretation, and sometimes it's a game-time decision of, hey, you're already out here. We flew you to Hawaii. Um, you're here. You you have apologized. You've done whatever. Because, like you said, so we don't know how serious it You know, could have been. It could have been back talking, it could have been, you know, a a fight or an altercation or it could have been, you know, something, you know, even more menial than that. So apologizing, you know, and doing that is maybe the reason why they let him play. But also, again, to be suspended for two games of practice is is probably not something like that. So I'm just – just have, you know, just have some concerns about him. That's all. But
1: Already. Yeah, me um, too. Um, We all do. We'll keep the flags yellow for now.
2: Yeah, Um, I mean, they're going to be yellow for a while because he's not going to sign until uh, April 1st. So – that's two and oh, a half
1: look. months away. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, this just be yellow um, for like a year or two. Because I think I'll be yeah. yellow for a good year, man. You know how this is yeah. going, man. Freshman I I on do. campus. We'll see how it play out, man. I feel optimistic about the kid. I hope he gets his grades in order. Uh, he's a talent I want on campus, man. So I hope he figures it out. Hey, it's Sunday. That's yeah, all player. Yeah, it's Sunday. I'm kicking it. Uh, head to toe. Head to toe. Gator. Um, gator Gator gear. From the there good you. folks at Gator Kicks, man, I got my Gator shorts on, the cotton joints with the Gator across mm-hmm. the frontal area. I got my mm-hmm. red T, run the state shirt on. I got my um, my, my my Jordan fours on, the damn Mullen fours. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm cooling over here, man. So y'all boys represent. Uh, show some love to the good folks at Gator Kicks. Um, it's thegatorkicks.com. The Gator Kicks on Instagram, and it's also the Gator Kicks on Twitter. Requests for shoes. Customization ideas, all of the above. Hit my man's up. You got any dandy facts today, bro? Um,
2: while I think of one, did you watch a Gator game, basketball game yesterday on Saturday?
1: I don't know what that uh, team
2: was that played, but
1: I did. Every once I did. In a while, when
2: you're, I bet when you're, every time you write off Mike White, something like this happens.
1: Yeah, he, man. He doesn't
2: redeem himself in your eyes, but you're just like, oh man.
1: I just sitting there want to get off a tweet, man, and I just couldn't get one off. Here's the thing: I'm gonna tell pause. you how bad. Yeah, pause. I'm gonna tell you, man. I was sitting there watching the game. Um, no, before the game, on. I'm sitting there looking at the lines, and, and 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 about to maybe wager on some game. I see our line is minus two on Auburn. I'm like, how the hell are we minus two on Auburn? <laughs> I had no plans of watching the game, but when I seen that line, I was sure. like, I gotta tune in. Cause I almost bet on Auburn, but I couldn't find it. You know, I can't, I couldn't find the energy or, or the, um, it's too much gator, bro. I'm too Gator to, to bet against my team. But I was like, man, I don't know him, bro. I think Auburn might smoke us. Lo and behold, we won that game, man. So shout out to Mike White. Uh, no, no, no shout out to Mike White. Good win, Mike White. I, how about
2: that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. Great job to the other players. Um. Yeah, I, you know, I watched uh, you know half of the game or so before the
1: Shrine Bowl. I think uh, Blackshear's a little soft. I'm gonna be honest with you. Why are we, the, why are we here?
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that a little bit. I, I thought his shot selection was a little weird too at the beginning of the game. Now, mind you, I didn't watch the second half, and I know that you know Florida really took advantage in the second half. But uh, you know, I saw him pulling up on back-to-back threes, and, and uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know what this Florida team is going to be. I mean, you know, that's their first win. I saw. Um, that was the first time since 2009 that they beat a top five team. So um, maybe, you know, at home or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact stat. What do you we think, think they team? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if they don't potentially trust Auburn. You know, I, I haven't followed the team that much this year um, or college basketball in general. Well, Auburn did lose
1: to- earlier in this week, I believe, though. Yeah. And, and
2: maybe, you know, they just. Vegas, Vegas seems to know a lot of things. I don't know if it was a a faith in Florida, right? Because, you know, Florida had a, you know, really tough loss to Missouri. Um, you know, Auburn did just lose to Alabama uh, and Alabama is not that great of a, of a team this year either. So I don't know if they were just like, Hey, we're just going to, you know, keep it tight. So we don't potentially lose a lot of money on a big spread, but I don't know. Did this Florida team Every time I think they're starting to get it together, something like that Missouri game happens. And I know that Missouri, you know, then the next game shot like one for 20 behind the three. So I don't know if Florida just caught him on a bad night or on a great night shooting. But, you know, Florida at this point has too much talent to not be able to progress forward to be the team that they want. They have a, you know, top 10 recruiting class, a number of returning players from last year's team, uh, the, the number one transfer player. At some point, you know, Florida has to have wins like this to A, make the NCAA tournament, but B, to consistently be the team that, you know, Florida expects out of their college basketball program now. And I know a lot of people, you know, I'm not as against Mike White as some other folks are, but, you know, everybody talks (coughs) about Mike White's, you know, comparison, you know, in his first, you know, four or five seasons to Billy Donovan, but Billy Donovan was not taking over the same program Mike White was taking over um, at the same level, at the same expectation, at the same, you know, certainly not at the same salary that he's making, Uh, you know, but there, there's an expectation that Florida is going to produce, you know, in basketball now. And Mike White recruits really well, and he's recruiting the same guys, all of these other blue blood and, and big time programs are now. It's just a matter of gelling and putting it together. So, you know, this might be the win. You know, I don't want Mike White to struggle. I want Florida to win in basketball. But you watch a game like yesterday, and it's like you beat the number four team in the country by 25 points. And then, you know, just last week, you get smoked by Missouri. So I hope that this is kind of, you know, that turning the page piece of it. But, you know, can't can't hold my breath that it is.
1: Uh, I know you had to be holding your breath with all that language, man. <laughs> Blanco, I don't know how you did it. Uh, I, I think I may have used the wrong word for black shit. Too. I'm going to say timid. I think timid is a better word. I think soft was, was, was uh, probably a little bit of that, but I think he's more timid. I don't think he's comfortable with what he's doing out there. Yeah. Any dandy so, facts?
2: Yeah, dandy facts. Uh, with Kadarius Tony coming back, you know, Florida is losing uh, their top four uh, receivers from uh, from this past year in terms of total number of yards. But unlike previous years where they've lost their last couple of uh, you know top wide receiver, Florida is still going to be returning um, more than fifty percent of their uh, receiving yards from last season. So that's uh, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I pulled that will that that stat from Wilson, uh, Our Will Salmon. Jeez, you're throwing me off, Will Salmon. Um, you know, tweeted something about it, but, uh, you know, with Grimes coming back, Pitts coming back, Tony, you know, I hope that, you know, you know, Florida is able to use Tony the best way that they can next season. Um, you know, I just, I just need him to be, you know, focused on, you know, that North South running rather than just that East West running. And, you know, hopefully after that, whether there's an NFL career or maybe, um, or his rap career, whatever he's going to focus on, hopefully, uh, you know, you get one final, uh, good season out of him. So,
1: yeah, I don't know why Tony got this energy like we... Like, nobody wants him to rap either. It's been a little weird yeah. out there. Like, some of his tweets, like, nobody nobody really is against him rapping at all. I don't believe. If somebody is, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But he can become a better receiver and he's come back. And he's coming back. I think he needed to come back to become a better receiver. Uh, nobody really is bothered by him rapping, man. Keep doing... Be creative. Make music. Absolutely. The, the, the facility... The new facility that's being built has a recording studio in it. So, I guess... University of Florida and other programs are starting to see how these kids want to make art and music as well. So, it's yeah, all good, just, bro.
2: Just don't turn into like an Antonio Brown, you know. Just because you play football and
1: rap doesn't mean that you have to act
2: like him. So, uh, you know, we, we're here to support you, and uh, you know, good luck and and shout out to uh, to him as he enters his final year in uh,
1: in Florida. Already, man. Amad's not here, but Amar, uh just shot me uh, his song of the week. So, we ready for the song, man. Good vibes and good vibrations in Gainesville. I got, we got to pull up. We got to figure out on the schedule, too. I want to do a meetup for a baseball game. We're going to figure that mm-hmm. all out. We're going to announce to, to the people. We'll let y'all know. We're going to do a little tailgate and, and just kick it for for a baseball game. Or if there's more than one game going on in that stadium, we, at, at Stadium and Gail, we're going to vibe. We'll figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And so we've got a lot of good stuff and we've been talking uh, a lot off the air about what we're doing for the folks that uh, that follow us and, and um, gratefully give to us on Patreon and patreon.com slash stadium and uh, So we're very supportive of those folks. I promise you there's some really cool stuff uh, that we've got in the works for you there. Uh, we are uh, always open to talk about sponsors. We've had a couple of folks reach out to us recently. If you're interested in sponsoring our show, we'd love to uh, to tell you a little bit more about what we're doing there. Uh, and then, you know, as you just mentioned, Soap, we're going to be doing a lot of tailgates. We're going to do some meet and greets. Uh, there's You guys have the National Signing Day event on uh, National Signing Day in St. Pete. You have the golf tournament the next day with Big Three Roll-Up. Uh, so we'll make sure we push that as well. But there's a lot of good, uh, exciting events coming up and a lot of good content that we're uh, talking about for the offseason. So thanks so much for listening. and
1: uh, And yeah. And also, man, anybody listening, I don't know if you've seen our tweet that we put out. We are we, getting interns and or anybody that wanna work with the show in the creative from a creative space or just want to help us out with social media, whatever you want to do, if you got any ideas, you want to get down and, and hang out with us and, and grow the show a little bit, hit us up in the DMs. My man Spencer is gonna, gonna sort things out and, and we'll we're gonna choose a couple more people to bring on the team.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we let a mod take us out and uh, we'll catch you guys next week.
1: Cam, take us out. With Life is good, man. Drake and Future. You know what I mean. Same corner next week. All righty.
0: Life is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100,000 <laughs> like, uh, for the cheapest ring on the nigga finger, little bitch. Ooh. I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain. automotive bitch. Ooh. Dropped $3 on the rain, caused a truck, little bitch. Ooh. I was in the trap serving cocaine. They ain't been the same fence. Granny, she was standing right there while I catch play on the brick. Ooh. I made them little niggas go hey while I tell a band in this bitch. Ooh. I'd have been down bad in them trenches had to ride with that stick. Ooh, who gave you pills? Who gave that dust? Pluto central and lick. Ooh, too many convicts, they enrolled me to play in this shit. Ooh. nine nonsense, get old summer in this bitch. Ooh. They had to the count counter like light, lighting it up, nigga. Hand it back, get it. Ooh. I'm on a PJ, line it up, back wood full of sticky. Ooh. And I'm trying to tote that Drake or London and it's extended. Ooh. They got a stretch it, nigga. How we gon' die for this shit. Ooh, yeah, I ride for my niggas, I lie to my bitch, ooh We some poor high-class niggas, made it, we rich, yeah I was at the band, though, got a penthouse for a closet, ooh It's like a Chandel, Live on my neck, my wrist, ooh I got pink toes that talk different languages, ooh got put melazine in my blood and percosite, it. Yeah, Hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on the nigga, finger, little bitch, ooh I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain. Automatic bitch. Who dropped three dollars on the rain, Called it the truck, little bitch. Who I was in the trap serving cocaine. They ain't been the same since. That's by the time I call him Sereni, I got tremendo for new Ferragin. All fat though, claret to pinky. All fat though, we ordered the Fiji. I'm in the loop with the voo, I'm in the loop with the woo. Which one you working? I put your face to the news. I put the puss on the shirt. After I murder that, make 'em go shoot up the hearse. Cost me a quarter bird, nigga. It's birthday and you a maniac, a fucking alien. How you? Birkin, got that kitty cat on having fun with that. Going Birkin. Uh, 100,000 for the cheapest ring on the nigga finger, little bitch. Ooh. I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and automata bitch. Ooh. Dropped $3 on the ring, called it been the Truck, little bitch. Ooh. I was in the trap, serving cocaine, they ain't been the same since. 100,000 for the cheapest ring on the nigga finger, little bitch. 100,000 for the cheapest ring on the nigga finger, little bitch. 100,000 out for the chiefs ring and no finger on Punt out for the Chiefs ring on